Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. The NBA offseason is usually a lot of fun. You have the draft and then you have free agency and it comes right after the NBA Finals. And typically the NBA owns that stretch of June. You're really, and your competition is baseball. But mid-November, a lot different, a lot more competition. And even if you're not distracted, or we weren't, by football, there's still a lot of storylines to grab onto this week. And you have a trade already with Chris Paul going to the Phoenix Suns. And maybe you get James Harden going to Brooklyn. I don't know if you're going to have big-name free agents hitting the market. And uh, we don't have any idea who these draft prospects are because there was no NCAA tournament. That's usually the coming-out party where we get introduced to somebody and then we fall in love with them. But the college players didn't get a chance to take that stage, so their names never took hold. You know, the real name that we know is LaMelo Ball, but that's basically because of his family, not necessarily because of his play. You got a lot of these players who played overseas, and whoever these guys are, we're going to see them soon enough because the season starts December 22nd. Not a lot of hype this week for the draft. The season will be here soon enough to keep NBA fans quite busy. But the big storyline is James Harden once out of Houston. They built this team around James Harden. Remember James Harden didn't want to play with Chris Paul anymore? And they ship him off to Oklahoma City and uh, send a ton of draft picks with him because uh, you know James Harden wanted to play with Russell Westbrook. So Daryl Morey makes the trade, the GM, and then brings in Russell Westbrook. Now... I don't know if Russell Westbrook wants out or they're going to ship him out. And James Harden now wants out as well. So their long-term odds of keeping Harden are rapidly decreasing here. I wonder if you have a style that can keep James Harden there. You know, he's a ball-dominant player, ball hog. And if you want to go to Brooklyn, is he going to be able to get back to maybe his role that he played when he was in Oklahoma City with Kevin Durant? Uh it's hard to go from, I get to shoot as much as I want 
every single game to, hey, let's move the ball around a little bit. I think winning is the great elixir here. He's 31 years of age. He's looking around to everybody he's playing against, and they're all winning. They've all got titles, and he wants one. Kevin Durant ran into this as well. Oklahoma City looked around. Hey, if I want to be recognized one of the 10 great players of all time, I got to win championships. James Harden is nothing more than what Michael Jordan was when he first started. He was a highlight reel, fun to watch, but there was nothing else attached to it. And I think when Phil Jackson came in and is able to say to Michael, you know, your legacy is going to be just one of the great scorers of all time. Why not be one of the great winners of all time? I don't know if James Harden cares about that. I know Kevin Durant cares about his legacy. I don't know if Kyrie does, uh, but if you're going to put those three together and they understand what their roles are or what they want to play, can they play a Golden State style of offense? Would be my big curiosity there. And we'll talk to Woj about this because I think it looks like a hot mess because you got a new coach, Steve Nash, never coached before. Mike D'Antoni is there on the roster as an assistant coach. And then you're going to bring in James Harden and you're going to have Kyrie and Kevin Durant and who's running the team. And it feels like everybody's going to take their turn and I'm the coach. No, you're the coach. I want to be the coach. Who's taking the last shot? All of this. You know, James Harden, you know, he's wanting this. And people make a big deal that he turned down a two-year extension for over $100 million. He's still going to get paid. James Harden has made a half a billion dollars in his career. If you look at the Adidas deal that he signed, which is a couple of hundred million dollars, I don't even know what the James Harden shoe looks like. Does anybody? And I know that I'm not in their demo. You're going to bring in a guy for $200 million? I don't know what Adidas gets out of that, but James Harden got paid and he's going to get paid. Maybe he doesn't get $50 million a year, but he's got a half a billion dollars right now. And maybe he takes a little less. I don't know what Brooklyn is going to give up to get James Harden. Can they give Houston enough to bring him in? Is that the only destination for him? And if I'm the Rockets, I'm not in any hurry to help out James Harden at all. Be like, all right, you want out? Okay, you got two years left with us, James. You help us. You know? How do you help us? Because we got to rebuild this entire system. You got a new head coach coming in. How do you feel if you're Russell Westbrook? James wants you. They're going to trade all these picks. You get there. Oh, Harden wants out now. And then who's going to want Russell Westbrook? A ball dominant and a big salary. And he's not as good a player as James Harden. But last one out of Houston, turn turn the lights off. Yes, Paul. I got a few NBA questions. All right. First one, doesn't it feel like Russell Westbrook's going to be playing in China in about two years for $75 million a year? All right, back to this. If you're Chris Paul, why would you want to go play for the Phoenix Suns when you don't have a ring and you're getting older? Where is he going to go? A team that has a better chance to win a title. But who is taking him? I don't know. It just seems like... Well, Chris, you got to give me the destination before... But doesn't Chris Paul have like 18 no-trade clauses where he decides where he goes? Well, he decided to go to Phoenix. Okay. I thought Milwaukee, Milwaukee wasn't interested. I think he would have gone to Milwaukee and... So he went to Phoenix for a lifestyle move, do you think? Yes. I'm being serious. Yes. Yes. 
Okay. I think it's a young team. It's really, to me, it hinges on DeAndre Ayton. If, if he becomes a great player, then they have a chance. They're not winning a title in the next two years. I All mean, right. they're just not. My next question is, okay. if, if the Houston Rockets try to trade James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets, what could the Nets give up that's Harden-worthy? They're not giving up their two-star players. A bunch of B-minus players and draft picks that are going to be the 28th, 29th, 30th pick in the draft? Well, you're going to get three starters right away. Karis LeVert is a good player. Spencer Dinwiddie is a good player. Uh, Jackson Allen is a good man. I mean, he's a serviceable, high-energy big man. This, this reminds me, there was a great trade years ago where I think uh, Phoenix acquired Charles Barkley. Mm. And, and they sent three starters, like Tim Lang, Antonio Tim Lang Perry. and Tim Perry. And they're like, look at the depth that the Philadelphia 76ers have now getting rid of Barkley. How'd that work out for Well, you also know that you're going to have to, you're going to lose him at some point. Now, what do you get in return? I, I think I'd, I would hold on to Harden. I would just say, all right, you want him? You got to really blow us away here. But if I'm getting three guys who are going to start and I'm going to get some draft picks here, I free up some cap space here as well. I just, I just, if I get rid of Harden, then I might as well get rid of Russell Westbrook. And the fact that the Hornets, Michael Jordan wants Russell Westbrook. If I'm Houston, I'm like, we'll drive him down. We'll hand deliver him down there to uh, the Hornets. If Mike wants him, you can have him. Yes, McLevin. There's a report the Sixers don't want to give up Simmons for Harden. It kind of makes sense. Just age, right? Yeah, I get it. But but if I'm making the move, if now all the I think this came out and the timing of this came out probably from Harden's side is let's see or Houston side let's see if we can get somebody else interested here because you if you got two takers for Harden now we can make the deal even more enticing. But if I'm if I'm the Seventy Sixers. I would still look at James Harden and pair him with Ben Simmons because people, I think, look at this and go, oh, Ben Simmons, he doesn't play that style. Ben Simmons is the perfect teammate. He doesn't have to have, he doesn't have to shoot. And, and Joel Embiid wants to shoot. He wants to average 30 points a game. Ben Simmons will do all the dirty work for him. But I go back to, this was a, a, a story about Steph Curry and Steph Curry was telling people at the All-Star game a couple of years ago that Harden wants to be able to play that team ball. Like he'd love to be in a style, in a system that has that, that embraces that, incorporates that. I don't know if you could create that in Brooklyn, but Durant was part of that. And there's part of James Harden that, and James Harden, when he first started out as sixth man in Oklahoma City, was a great off-the-ball offensive player. He didn't have to have it, but when he got it, he made you pay. I don't know what legacy means to him. I don't know if he cares about this, but it feels like I'm 31. I want to play with these guys. Maybe we have some fun and win a championship here. Durant, Durant wants to be, you know, the greatest player of all time. Like in his mind, legacy is really important. I don't know about Kyrie, but it is fascinating that Steve Nash is just going in there as the head coach. Yes, Eden. Kyrie feels more like he would be like, you know, legacy is just a construct of other people's <laughs> minds. Why would I limit myself to put myself in the box of other people's minds when I can just live in the stars? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the earth's flat. Yes, McLovin. That's all good until you tweak your MCL. Mm. I just worry, a, a poll question, are the Nets a favorite if they get those three? Favorite to win it all? Yes. 
Uh, let me see what happens the rest of you know the offseason here. You know, who are the Lakers getting? Um, I nobody's talking about Golden State. I find it I find it fascinating. Or the Miami Heat. Now they haven't done anything. I think what Milwaukee did yesterday, they got better. I'm not a big Eric Bledsoe fan. I think that they got better. Drew Holiday is a good player, uh, two-way player for them. Bogdanovich, you know, it, I, it feels like they're doing some things, and I think that it's enough for Giannis to sign that max deal and stay there. I think that's what they're trying to do. It may be something that's not necessarily for now, but it's for the next couple of years that Giannis sees that we have a chance to win. Now, if Brooklyn gets James Harden, Giannis may go, I don't have a chance to win here. Why would I stay here? But I think he's going to sign that max deal and stay in Milwaukee. Yes, he... Is it Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three first-round picks? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's ultimately five first-round picks. Yeah, that's steep. Dang. Steep. But George Hill and Bledsoe won't stay in New Orleans. Now they got too many point guards. I mean, it's still Lonzo Ball's team as a point guard. Yes, McClellan. Yeah, when you say Drew Holiday and one of the Bogdanoviches, it just feels like they're adding like more pieces around, but not the right. Like they need a real number two. Or well, like, Middleton is a, a number two. He's not a solid number two that you would have on other teams. But you might have maybe a guy who's not a solid number two, but you would have solid threes and fours as well. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Holiday and Bogdanovich to go with Middleton to go with Giannis. You know, it's it's a good team. But I don't know if it's a, a good postseason team. There's, you know, the Rockets were great regular season. There are certain teams that are great regular season teams. Get them in a postseason, and then all of a sudden they start to fold in a seven-game series. We've seen that with Milwaukee now back-to-back years. You can lead the league in wins. Can you win when you need to win in the postseason? Do you have that style? And it was so simplistic for Miami. What did Miami do? They basically said to the Greek freak, we're going to set up a wall, and you're not going to be able to do those coast-to-coast or drive whenever you want to. And then all of a sudden, Milwaukee goes, hey, wait a minute. What's going on here? We're not playing the way we normally do. And Miami dusted them off. Yeah, Paul. One thing I'm fascinated about, if you're the GM and the president and the ownership of the Milwaukee Bucks, do you have a conversation with Giannis and his agent before you make this monster oh, trade? Oh, yes. Well, but does the conversation, is it like, hey, we're about to make this monstrous trade. Will your client be part of this team for the next seven years if we make this monstrous trade? And and how can you trust the the answer? And how can you get an answer? Because if I'm an agent, I'm keeping my options open. If I'm Giannis, I'm keeping my options open. But you're making this trade based on him being there, which is very awkward. I have to include him. If I don't include him, that's worse. But I would want the inclusion to work both ways. Well, no, he's not. I, <laughs> he, he has no reason to say, hey, if you do this, I'm signing. I think that he... For him to sign off on that max deal, he he has to approve the roster moves. I would. If I'm in his position and you want me to stay, hey, we're thinking of bringing in this guy and this guy. Uh, you know, He might be best friends with Eric Bledsoe or Dante DiVincenzo, who got traded as well. You just want to make sure that you don't upset him and you say, we're surrounding you with people that we think will make us stronger. But I would absolutely do a drive-by with him. Yeah, Paul. It'd be like us having five-year contracts presented to us, and you are a free agent. And we ask you, well, you're going to sign a five-year contract. Yeah, sure, why not? Probably. (laughs) And the next thing you know, Randy Scott's hosting this show on a Monday. And we're like, us and Rando. If you were that lucky. That'd be great. Yeah. This program brought to you by Built Bar, simply the best-tasting protein bar around. It's like dessert. 
There's 18 amazing flavors, mint brownie, coconut almond, pumpkin, pumpkin, chocolate chip cookie. Uh, you'll taste it and you'll go, wait a minute, this is protein, this is good for you. BuiltBar.com, enter the promo code DP, you get 20% off. Jay Billis will join us. He's also working the draft. Is anybody truly a franchise player in this draft? And then we'll talk to him about the NCAA tournament to bubbleize the NCAA tournament. And if you're going to do it, the Final Four was going to be in Indianapolis. And if you've been to Indianapolis, you know they did a wonderful job with the Super Bowl. You have arenas around there. You can put basketball courts in the RCA Dome. You could probably have three courts in there. You could have games going on. I don't know how many fans are going on, going to be able to go in there. But I like the idea if you're going to be able to go into one place. And if you had other arenas around that you needed, you could do that as well. But uh, we'll talk to Jay Billis. He'll join us uh, coming up. McLevin will have a poll question for us. Uh, we hope to hear from Kirk Cousins a little bit later on as well. Uh, Pat Forty, the great college football writer, on the college coaches who don't get a mulligan based off what's happened with COVID. And there's some big names on that list that don't get a mulligan. Yes, Paul. Uh, by the way, I, I saw some details on the buyout for Will Muschamp at South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> $300,000 a month for 50 months. I'm no math major, but oh I think that's about $3.2 a year for four years. Oh, wow. Well, well. Good gig. Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. 
It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, turns out, nope, I was wrong. Because hmm. then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly, I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice, and you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. Jay Billis will be working the uh, college draft, the NBA draft, coming up uh, tomorrow night. Also wanted to talk to him about the possibility of bubbleizing the entire NCAA tournament in Indianapolis. And Jay joins us now. Jay, let me start with the draft coming up here. Is there that true franchise, you know, driven player talent wise that you can go, we can lock in on that guy and we can build around? Probably not. Uh, there are a couple players that, that I think may fit that description. One is Anthony Edwards of Georgia, although He's not yet a finished product. Uh, his decision-making and defense need to improve. But the other is James Wiseman of Memphis, who only played three games this year before he got in that you know, sort of NCAA issue and then wound up saying, I, I've just had enough of this. He, he was supposed to sit out like 12 games after playing the first three. He's like, I'm not doing this anymore and just walked. So we didn't get a chance to see him, but he's still – Chris, you know, he's got Chris Bosch type ability, except he's bigger, seven one and seven six wingspan, all that stuff. Um, but they're outside of that, Dan, they're a bunch of really good players and guys that'll be starters in the league and maybe better. But there's no there aren't any no brainer picks like we've had in past drafts. Have you fallen in love with somebody? I mean, there are a bunch of guys I really like. Um like I really like Tyrese Halliburton of Iowa State. I really like Isaac Okoro of uh, of Auburn. Um, you know, guys like that. Uh, Onyeka Kangwu of USC. I like a lot. But there, there's nobody like you were asking. I think initially, you know, is there anybody? There, there's nobody like LeBron or Kyrie or something. Where do you go? Okay, he's the number one pick for sure. Will be an All Star. That kind of thing. Um, but there will be players that come out. I, I'm positive there'll be players that come out of this draft um, that'll be like Draymond Green or, um, uh, you know, you, you name it. I mean, a bunch of players that have been taken further down in the draft that have turned out to be great, whether it's Clay Thompson. Uh, there are a whole bunch we could we could go down to name, a 15th pick that we were probably saying at the time. Well, you know, it could be a starter and maybe better, but we weren't, we weren't sure. The reaction to LaMelo Ball – if he's not LaMelo Ball and he's just another name, do we have a different reaction to him this high in the draft? 
Uh, maybe. I mean, I know he drags in some of the stuff with his dad a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit of baggage there for some people. But my thing with him, Dan, is is he's ultra talented uh, as a, a ball handler, passer. Um, you know, he's got positional size and length and all that. But he doesn't guard anybody and he doesn't shoot it. And those are kind of big deals. And he hasn't finished a season in a long time either. So he's not had a normal sort of existence for a player that does. That's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just a data point. Um, but he's one of those guys that you're going, Hey, could be, could be really good. And then, but could be less than that. Um, like, I don't think he's going to, you know, get into the league and not, not be a good player, but, but I think if you're going to go one, two or three, you have some pretty high expectations. How do the ball boys not be able to shoot? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I know you're, you've always been a great shooter and, um, but you know, there are, there are guys that can't, can't shoot. And, and, you know, Lonzo's guy, my thing has been, why can't somebody fix their mechanics to the point where, um, you know, like if the shot's not going in, then I think you gotta, you gotta fix the mechanics. Like Reggie Miller's like an, an example of, you know, you, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have taught Reggie to shoot that way, you know, with his elbow out and all that stuff. It's not classic form. Damn thing went in every time. <laughs> so you're not going to, or Jamal Wilkes, like nobody would have told Jamal Wilkes, like you need to wrap it around your head before you shoot it. But it went in every time. So you're not messing with that. Um, but if it doesn't go in, I think you have to mess with it. And for those guys, ball doesn't go in enough. And actually, Lonzo was a better shooter than LaMelo. Uh, Lamelo's got a lower release and it doesn't go in near the rate that Lonzo's went in. But you got Leangelo, the other ball brother, who all he does is shoot. He has a great shot. He has, you know, great range there. I just, it's just kind of baffling that, you know, the dad who was there when Naismith, uh, you know, put up the basket, the peach basket, didn't teach his kids how to shoot, you know, just a normal jump shot here. I'm amazed. Yeah, it's not just on him. I think it's on the game. I don't know. Like it, it's almost like uh, uh, it's almost like shooting uh, was like the golf swing used to be years ago, where you didn't mess with it. You know that that, that it was something that you you left alone and uh, just more repetition and and I'll, I'll get better. But I, I do think there's a mechanics thing to it. Um, but especially if it doesn't go in. I mean, the best shooting coach I've ever been around is Chip England, who happened to be a teammate of mine at Duke my, my freshman year. He was a senior and uh, just got a great way about him of teaching teaching shooting. Uh, but there aren't a lot of guys that feel comfortable out there teaching it, and that, that's unfortunate, especially the lower levels. Minnesota's got the number one. Does Minnesota keep the number one pick? I don't know. I mean, there's going to be – Seems like there's going to be more trade activity in this draft, but you, you know you've been through this drill more than me. You know you always hear about how many trades there are going to be, and then there there aren't a ton on draft day. And other other years you don't hear as much, and there are a bunch of trades. So uh, you know, look, unless you're in love with somebody, it makes sense to trade back. But it, it's it's only if you can get who you want, and then what are you going to get in exchange for the pick? My sense is in this year's draft, if you've got the number one pick, you 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 use it. Um, and if, uh, like, you know, I don't know if they, if, if the, uh, Timberwolves like, um, Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is, but it seems like there's a consensus that those are the top three picks, what order they go in, we'll see. But, but I think, I think, uh, Edwards is the best overall prospect with his skill level, 
uh, his body, his athleticism. Uh, he has the chance to be the best player. Doesn't mean he will be, but he has the chance to be. Yeah, I saw an interview with him yesterday on ESPN, and I, I really just, he sounded mature. He sounded like he was ready for this this big move. We're talking to Jay Billis, ESPN College basketball analyst. What did you make of the possibility of bubbleizing March Madness in Indianapolis? Smart move. Uh, I think it's the only way in the current climate that we're facing that we're going to get an NCAA tournament in. You know, you, you have if you're going to try to get a tournament in 13 different venues from the, the first four to the first round to the Elite Eight to the Final Four in Indianapolis, it's not going to work. And I think Danny Gabbitt and uh, the, the tournament committee realized that and they decided to to make the adjustment now so they didn't have to make it later. Uh, and it's a smart move. And, and look, I, I think a lot of people might feel like I would jump all over this and say, see, they're pros. Um, that, this is not the time for that. They're pros anyway. So this, it doesn't matter whether they play in bubbles or not. But you, you'll remember at the beginning of the pandemic when we were talking about all this stuff that, that you had a lot of administrators saying, hey, no students on campus, no college sports. Well, they backed off that in a hurry. Yeah. And and then they were saying, well, we, we can't have bubbles. These are amateurs. They backed off that in a hurry. We're going to start the season in a bubble at the Mohegan Sun. We're going to end it in as close to a bubble as you can get in Indianapolis with the at least I think it'll be in Indianapolis. That's the, the initial indication for the NCAA tournament. It's just smart business like the, basketball needs to have a season this year. Um, the, it's really kind of an existential issue for the NCAA. That's the only revenue they have is the NCAA tournament. If there's not a tournament, the NCAA is in trouble uh, after this season. Uh, if we have a tournament, I think we get through this and everything's fine. If we don't, uh, two years of no revenue and and th- there's a, a, a real existential problem. So I'm glad they're doing it this way and I'm glad we're moving toward it. And oddly enough, Dan, Right now, the students going home on almost every campus across the country going home like this week, next week, whatever it is for Thanksgiving, and they're not coming back. That's the best chance we have to get a basketball season in because the teams are going to be essentially isolated and quarantined on their own campus with no other students. And that's the best chance we have. Yeah, I wondered if the Pac-12 would have waited till Thanksgiving to start their football season with everybody gone and then you try to do it like that or the Big Ten. You know, you want to be in the Final Four. You want to go to a bowl game, but you do want to get the season in. Pac-12, probably not going to get their season in. The Big Ten stumbled a little bit here, but I do agree with you. Once the students go home, you're basically bubbleizing your basketball team as well. Let me go back to what you said about the NCAA. If they don't have March Madness over a two-year period, what do you think happens to the NCAA? Well, it's going to be, I think there will be a lot of change. I mean, you don't have money. It's going to be hard to operate on the same level and hard to, hard to keep employees and all that other stuff. And I think they just lose their grip uh, and college basketball gets diminished. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, now, is it going to go, it's not going to go away, but without the revenue, I mean, there, there are going to be so many things, so many dominoes that fall in a negative direction. Uh, I think it gets diminished. And and look, I think it's going to be diminished going forward a little bit anyway. Uh, but but I think it's I think there's going to be a, a loosening of the grip on uh, on college sports and the conferences start taking over and we see some changes that we wouldn't have anticipated otherwise. Yeah, I still think that the power five. Uh, is just going to grab college football. They own the, they own college football. NCAA doesn't. 
and you just secede from the union. I don't know if you see the Power Five conferences in college basketball doing the same. We do love the underdog. We embrace the underdog. The underdog gets a chance. In college football, the underdog does not. Yeah, I, I think there's still a reluctance to go away from the current NCAA tournament model. That's a big part of keeping everything together. And look, there are a lot of the old timers like us, frankly, um, but but guys we know from back in the day that when in 1984, when there was the the uh, Supreme Court case, uh, you know, o- Oklahoma Board of Regents case uh, that took basically took football away from the NCAA. The NCAA used to tell in their their infinite wisdom, used to tell schools how often they could be on television because they thought that they were protecting the gate, like the number of spectators that would come to a game. They thought that's where all the money was. They didn't realize (laughs) that the money's in television. Uh, So, you know, that's when the CFA started, the College Football Association started negotiating uh, TV contracts and all that. There are a lot of people that thought it would have been better if if they took football and basketball away from the NCAA and we wouldn't have all the the ridiculous issues that we have now. Um, I don't know that I agree with that, but um, but there's a real reluctance to take basketball, to take the tournament and mess with it because of what you mentioned, sort of the, um, you know, the Cinderella aspect of it. I think if they took the tournament, the Power Five just took the tournament and started their own tournament, right? they just started their own tournament, they could invite whoever they wanted. But we're going to get to a point where the Power Five's only going to play each other. They're only going to play each other in football, and and someday they're only going to play each other in basketball because the fans have spoken. They don't want to watch the these early season, you know, home game versus directional school stuff. They don't go to the games. They don't watch them on TV like they used to. They're not consuming them the same way. They want to watch big shots against big shots, and then we'll leave the Cinderella stuff for the tournament at the end. Would you want Mark Emmert's job as the head of the NCAA? I get asked that a lot because I'm so critical of the NCAA at times. Um, not all the time. I, I, when they do a good job, I say so. Um, but And I, I joke about it, but I, I've served on NCAA committees in the past, both when I was in college and now. I've always said that I'll help. If there's ever a chance I can really help, I'll do it. But the one thing I know is because of my views on amateurism, I don't have to worry about ever being asked to do anything <laughs> by the NCAA. Um, like even even the stuff they're doing now with name, image, and likeness, like they're such ridiculous baby steps. You're going, come on, man, Let, let's just do this. Uh, I mean, why are we taking baby steps on this stuff? It's over. You know, you you, you have admitted that they're pros by just bro- broaching the subject of name, image, and likeness. Let's go and get it over with. And they, they won't pull the Band-Aid off and just do it. Were you a student athlete at Duke or an athletic student at Duke? I was I was neither. Like, I look at it. Um, here's what the way I look at it. When I was playing, I was a, a player. And when I was in class, I was a student. And I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We don't we don't ask anybody else what their priorities are. You know, there's no other student that you go, okay, now is academics your first priority or are you here for being a musician or are you spending more time in the Greek system or like, what are your priorities? You know, it's kind of like saying, are, are you a broadcaster husband and father? Are you a husband and father broadcaster? Like what, what's more important to you, Dan? Like it, 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 these are questions that we only ask of athletes. I'm a broadcaster only, first, Jay. What's that? I'm a broadcaster first. Yeah, yeah. A, a nominated broadcaster. Too. Yes, not don't win, but we get nominated. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld had a great, um, great quote about that. And comedians uh, in cars getting coffee. He said, uh, like, apparently Seinfeld, the number one show, uh, didn't win any Emmys as a show, or maybe only won one over that run that they had. And his thing was, who cares? He goes, he goes, the job is the award. And I was like, that's pretty damn cool. I should have thought of that. The job is the award. No, it's not. No, the yeah, job the is the job. Is the, award. the award is the award. But, but you know, I, you have to give yourself some credit, and I give myself a lot of credit for <laughs> acting like when somebody else wins and we're clapping, acting like we're legitimately happy for the winner. There is an art to that, Jay, because every year when Bob Costas would win, I had to act like um, I'm a little surprised, but not that surprised. You know, you go, oh, oh, yeah. And then you know that somebody's watching you. And then I used to start clapping when they were opening the the envelope. Like, I just wanted to get ahead of this, that, hey, that damn Patrick's team. Yeah, Bob Costas won another damn whatever sports Emmy. Yeah, it's it's an art. It's an art. It's acting is what that is, Jay. It is acting. That is, acting. is acting. Thanks. And, and that should be an award, too. The, the best performance <laughs> by a loser. And the winner is, once again, Dan Patrick. Um, <laughs> have fun tomorrow night there, Jay. Great to talk to you as always. Thank you for your insights. It's never as much fun without you there. Oh, uh, I know. Oh, I know. But I'm not coming back to the mothership, Jay. Well, I could come to you. Oh, whoa. Uh, let me see. Who do I get? I'd have to get rid of. This would be like a James Harden situation. I'd have to get rid of probably three Danettes. Oh, I'm worth more than three Danettes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Good luck tomorrow night. Thank you. That's Jay Billis, ESPN College Basketball Analyst. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. 
As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope, I was wrong. Hmm. Because then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly, I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice, and you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. He's Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated writer, covers college basketball and college football. Uh, Where do we stand with the SEC this weekend, Pat? Uh, Well, one game down. Texas A&M is not playing, which becomes increasingly problematic for them. If they could, hopefully they can reschedule because they're a playoff contender, and this would be two games that they haven't played so far. Maybe they can get them both in. Uh, everywhere else is kind of like hold your breath and see. You know, usually, Dan, if you have a one-week problem, it's a two-week problem. Uh, so we'll see if any of these other games are going to get canceled uh, after four of them last week, but you know, so far, that's the only one that's been announced. And how many games we see in the Big Ten that if you miss two games, then you're not going to be able to qualify for the Big Ten championship, I believe. But, uh, you know, the SEC built in a little bit of breathing space. But, you know, how much breathing space do you have before a game actually gets canceled, not postponed? Yeah, we're running out of it, for sure. There's going to be some teams that probably will not play the full complement of games. What What they've been looking at with some of them, uh, is trying to schedule them on December 19th, which is the date of the SEC championship. But, they, you know, if you're not playing in that, you could still play a game. Uh, like for now, I think they, they're looking at Georgia at Missouri on December 19th in a game that, boy, the Bulldogs should just be rife with motivation for because they'd be out of <laughs> championship contention, out of playoff contention, and get to go play in the coldest town in the SEC in a game that doesn't matter at all. Are we headed for Florida-Alabama SEC title game? Yeah, I think it's uh, almost inevitable at this point. Like, Florida, both teams would really have to screw it up. They would, uh, they'd have to lose twice most likely uh, because, they, you know, they won the head-to-head against their, their closest pursuer. Alabama blew out Texas A&M. Uh, Florida blew out Georgia. So they, they would have to lose twice. So, yeah, we're looking at that and – Basically, I think that's winner gets into the playoff and possibly even loser gets in. If, if, Florida, if, if Alabama's undefeated, Florida has one loss and Florida wins, I think there's a chance they both go. And I don't know if the Heisman comes down to Florida-Alabama for the SEC title uh, with Kyle Trask and uh, Mac Jones that 
it, could it hinge on that? It's entirely possible. You know, we'll see where things stand with the rest of the country, where Trevor Lawrence is, where Justin Fields is, and even where Zach Wilson from BYU is. But yeah, that that would be that game figures to be a crazy shootout if it's Alabama, Florida. You know, that that's not going to be Pat Dye against Bear Bryant, SEC. That's going to be like forty-nine to forty-two. So that would be a big showcase game for those two quarterbacks. I don't know if I'm overstating this, but, you know, Gene Chizik got that one-year honeymoon at Auburn when he won a national title. Is Ed Orgeron in that one-year honeymoon period? Is is he on a warm seat at all at LSU? Well, there's, there's definitely some similarities there in terms of, like, the precipitous drop-off. Uh, I think he has recruited too well to, for this to be a long-term situation. You know, they should bounce back, but they are really bad this year. And they've got a lot of other stuff going on there. Obviously, they've, they've got an NCAA investigation that includes football, not necessarily for anything that happened while the Orgeron was the head coach. But uh, they've got that. And then, you know, the USA Today report this week was very disturbing about the number of, uh, you know, alleged sexual assaults and other incidents uh, regarding women there, that some of which involve football players. So... Uh, things are definitely not trending the right direction for Ed Orgeron after the, the year when every single thing went right. He's Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated writer covering college basketball, college football. Had a column yesterday where you're not giving mulligans to some of these coaches based off what's going on with COVID. Run down the list of those coaches who don't get mulligans. Yeah, obviously Will Muschamp sure didn't. Uh, <laughs> he's out, and even if it's going to cost South Carolina $13 million for him to leave, wow. uh, Jim Harbaugh's not getting a mulligan. Now, is, is he going to get fired? No. But, you know, are the chances very strong that he and Michigan both just look at each other and say, eh, we tried, but uh, it's time to move on? Yeah, I think that's, that's likely to happen. Uh, James Franklin does get a mulligan. We'll see about Clay Helton at USC, right? I mean, they're two and zero, but they're the luckiest two and zero in the country. So I don't know, you know, what his chances are there. Uh, I'm trying to think who else I had on the list here, um, but you know, they, obviously the, the Mulligan aspect comes into play because do, do, do people want to pony up that kind of money when they're losing that much money? And so some coaches have gotten. You know, a, a pass, I think, on having bad seasons this year. If Indiana beats Ohio State this weekend, what level of upset is that? Oh, I think it's pretty darn major. And that's not to say that Indiana isn't good. I mean, they are. They're 4-0 and they're legit. This is, their defense is playing better than any time in the 21st century. Michael Penix is a great quarterback. Their receivers are outstanding. But still, across the board, they don't have Ohio State's talent. They don't have Ohio State's experience in these situations. Uh, there's just nothing from a you know 35,000-foot view. There's no reason for Indiana football to you know walk into Columbus and beat Ohio State. Uh, so it would be it would be a major upset. It would be a complete upheaval of, of Big Ten hierarchy and orthodoxy. Uh, I don't think it'll happen, but they can stay in the game with them. Yeah. Vegas has them 21-point underdogs. We'll talk to Indiana's head coach on the program tomorrow. NCAA looking into bubbleizing the entire March Madness in Indianapolis. Your initial thoughts? I like it. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good solution. You know, it's a great national tournament coast-to-coast, but let's be real about the circumstances here. And 
Uh, I think if you if you feel like this is the best way to get the tournament done, you do it, and Indy is the perfect place for it. I mean, it's not only NCAA headquarters, but it's a basketball city. It's a really centralized downtown. It's they've got a, a, tons of venues to use, whether it's high school gyms. They've got you know most of the biggest high school gyms in the country, or whether you expand a little bit and go down to Assembly Hall or over to Mackey Arena. Um, you know, depending how big their radius they want for this. But, you know, the, the bigger issue for the NCAA is just getting there. Getting the season started yeah. is difficult. Having some of these events has been uh, proven to be really complicated and arduous. And so we'll see how many games they can even get in getting this thing off the ground before we get to having a tournament at the end. Well, I think that these schools are going to be helped out once Thanksgiving rolls around and all the students leave campus, and then basically you're bubbleizing your basketball team on campus. I, th- I think th- that'll help. The question is, when you travel, uh, you know, are you going into a campus where nobody is on campus there? Or how are you able to schedule these games? But I, but I think keeping your team safe will be a whole lot easier in the next week or so. No doubt about it. If you if you talk to coaches, either football or basketball, they're like, please just let us get to this point where, as, as weird as it sounds, please let us have a deserted campus with just our, <laughs> our, our athletes here, you know, and get all these regular students out of college. But that's what they all want for that very reason. The socializing ends, the, you know, the, the parties are reduced, and, and you, you're not traveling into other places where you're, you're going into a 40,000-student campus. Safe travels, Pat. As always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you, Dan. And that's Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated writer covering college basketball and football. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or Rent Frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like 
a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I, I think I would. I, I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, turns out, nope, I was wrong. Because hmm. then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly... I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. Kirk D. Cousins, the Vikings quarterback last night, threw for 292 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. By the way, that, not, that interception should not count, Kirk. Because that's not your fault. We want to come up with a new stat, okay? Yeah. Um, and, Paulie, you want to give Kirk the uh, stat? Yeah, a new stat to protect quarterbacks. It's called RCI, receiver complete, you know, cause the interception, RCI. <laughs> what do you think? An RCI? And, because that's not your fault for that interception. Yeah, you know, you just hope that people have a trained eye and understand that as they evaluate, and, and usually the people inside the league do. But outside the league, not so much, but that's okay. Will you endorse RCI if we come up with a new stat for quarterbacks, receiver-caused interception? I will throw my full weight <laughs> of backing behind it, yeah. What time did you get home last night? I got to my house at 3 a.m., and I probably fell asleep about 3.15, 3.30. Have you seen Central the kids? Time. Central time. Have you seen the kids this morning? Uh, no, they headed off to, uh, run some errands with, with, uh, mom. And, uh, I slept in until about an hour ago and then got up and wanted to join you. Well, what happens, you know, when do you get, uh, interrogated by the family on after a game? Uh, that's a good question. You know, a lot of text messages last night late. I try to respond to as many as I can. And then, um, uh, you know, my wife, when I get home, she wakes up and she wants to talk about the game. And then, uh, you know, I'll probably get a few today, but uh, yeah, the interrogation usually happens right away. How do you explain this that you don't win on Monday night? You haven't won on Monday night. You know, it is it is statistically just a, kind of a unique thing because you look back and and uh, you know I played well in a lot of those games, um, but you know for whatever reason we just didn't get the win in in nine of them, nine straight. Um, so great to get the win last night, but you know, the, the nature of Monday night football and a lot of primetime games is you're playing really good football teams. You know, a few of those years we were playing teams that either ended up in the super bowl or won the super bowl. So, uh, you know, going into those games, it's not like we were favored to win or win in a blowout. And, um, and so, uh, it was just good to get that one last night for sure. What is the development with Dalvin cook that he's sort of taken that next step into greatness, not a good running back, a great running back. 
Well, I think, first of all, he's got a lot of ability. I mean, he, back in 2017 as a rookie, before he tore his knee, he was having an outstanding year and got off to a great start. In 18, my first year with the Vikings, I think he missed like 10 games. And uh, for the six that he was healthy, he was really special. And then, uh, you know, last year, you know, because he stayed healthy all year, was finally recognized as, a, as an all-pro player um, this year just the same way. I think, you know, Rick Dennison, our old line coach, Gary Kubiak, our offensive coordinator, I think they're doing a really good job, you know, with, with how they design the run game week in and week out to give him a great opportunity. If you could invest in, they were stocks, Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson, which stock would you invest in? Which one's a little cheaper? I think Dalvin's <laughs> a expensive stock right now. Yes, he is. Uh, Justin might but, be a penny stock that you can invest in right now. Dalvin's, you yeah. know, he's like Apple or uh, Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, Justin's the real deal as well. Um, you know, it's so great when you draft a, a first-round pick when you hit on it. You know, you never know. I, You know, you go through the league now nine years. You know that after the draft, you're kind of still suspicious of your first, second, third-round pick. You say – Let's just get to OTAs. Let's actually see them. Let's see them in real ball and preseason games, and then we'll decide, you know, if 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 they're worthy of that status. And Justin, uh, you know, certainly has shown he was worthy of that first round pick, and it makes a big difference for our offense. But why is it tougher for receivers? It feels like to be able to for them to establish themselves, where they can wash out. I mean, it's it's usually yeah. one or the other. But what is it about that position in the NFL? Yeah, it's tricky to put your finger on because you, you evaluate the college tape and, and, you know, you feel like you got the guy and then you still don't quite know. Um, I think in the NFL, there's so much more man coverage. Uh, the, the defensive backs really, you know, are really clued in to covering you like a glove. And, uh, you know, in college, you may play a lot of zone. And, you know, until you get to the NFL, it's hard to know if you can really defeat man coverage time and again. But, um, you know, Justin's just a natural receiver, tracking the football, catching the football comes naturally to him. And he's been really, really good after the catch. So I've been thrilled with what he's been able to do for us just as a rookie. Is a rookie allowed to tell you they're open in the huddle? <laughs> well, shame on me if I'm not asking. You know, for, for me, I, I, I always want to get feedback. So, you know, I'm asking the whole line, what snap count do you want here based on how you feel the D-line is playing? Uh, receivers, tight ends, you know, what routes do you think can get you open? What technique are you being played with? Do you think you have this route? Do you think you have that route? Are you ready for a double move? And obviously the Adam Thielens and Justin Jeffersons of the world are always open and they're going to always tell you what you want to hear. But uh, so you have to have a discerning ear, but yeah, I'm always asking hopefully. And if not, they better be telling me what they want and what they think they can do to help us. Explain the snap count because it feels like every snap count is the same count where the quarterback just like claps his hands or something. We're seeing this in college and the pros is there. It used to be now Aaron Rodgers is pretty good at drawing you off, but I don't know how many other quarterbacks are you going at a different count? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, we probably carry a half dozen snap counts a game. So whether that's going, you know, really quickly, uh, whether that's drawing it out or anything in between, you know, and using code words, dummy counts, you know, ways to try to one, one moment, what I say is live. The next play, what I say is dead. Um, just trying to keep a defense from being able to tee off and pin their ears back. But uh, yeah, the clap uh, of the hand has been a really good, uh, technique that's really started in college and has made its way to the NFL. And, um, you know, it's a great way to, cause you can, you can bring your hands together and not clap them. And to the defense, it looks like you are. And so they have to show what they're going to do. So it's a very effective way to snap the ball. If you're in the shotgun. Lamar Jackson said recently that he was playing in a game where he went to the line of scrimmage and the defense was basically calling out what the play was going to be. How often does that happen? Where it, it happens. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Certainly. Yeah, it, it happens. I mean, you were, uh, 
you know, the question is, can they still stop it? You know, there are times where the linebacker will say they're running right here and <laughs> it's third and two and you still get the first down. So, uh, you know, the ball still has to be snapped and you still got to go make the tackle. But, um, yeah, I mean, teams watch film. They study all week long. I mean, that's our full-time job. So they're going to guess right or, or have an idea, you know, and, and um, you just have to hope that it's not every play. Do you have a tell? Have you been told you have a tell? With certain, you know, like pitchers, that they'll yeah. they'll have a, a tell and hitters right. will pick up something. But have you ever been told that, hey, you're giving this away or you do this on running play or passing play? Yeah, that's another great question. And one that I'm kind of always asking, like during training camp and we're practicing against our defense, you know, Coach Zimmer, our head coach, is a defensive, you know, has a defensive background. So I'm always asking them, hey, do I have a tell? You know, is there anything in my snap count that's given away that the ball is not going to be snapped or is going to be snapped? Do anything with, you know, my body language suggests run, pass. Um, so, yeah, you're always asking, but uh, I haven't gotten a lot of feedback of anything convincing that, uh, that tells that. Certainly your opponent's not going to tell you if they find one. What is it like to go to the line of scrimmage now and you can actually hear the opposing team breathing? Yeah. It's odd. Um, it's the world we're living in in 2020. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm calling the play last night and I'm at times whispering in the huddle because I don't want the defense to hear. I mean, they're standing there five yards away, just staring at me. And uh, I'm always, you know, maybe to a fault, but I'm you know, worried they're going to read my lips. I'm worried they're going to study who I'm talking to and say, oh, he's talking to the receiver. So they're throwing the ball or he's talking to the O-line. So they're running the ball. So, you know, I'm always trying to kind of play that game within the game, playing and play out. Anybody talk to you last night? Khalil Max say anything? Yeah, the Bears, uh, you know, they talk throughout the game. They play with a lot of energy. They're a good defense. Hicks, and, uh, Hicks likes to talk a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, he was having fun. And uh, um, Well, wait, how do you know he's having fun? Like, well, he's he... just got a big smile on his face, you know, during TV timeouts. He's, he's talking to our team, to, to Dalvin. And uh, actually, one of our uh, reserve linemen, Brett Jones, played with him in college in Canada. So he was saying, make sure you say hi to Brett Jones for me. So he, he's just <laughs> yeah. talking the whole game, you know, all in good fun. Oh, so there's no smack talk. Well, it goes both ways. You know, I mean, it's uh, it can get heated, too. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, when the game's over, you shake hands and say, hey, you know, you're great players and you're great defense for a reason. And we got to see them again in December. So, uh, you know, you don't want to, uh, you know, say anything too, too strong. You're a religious person. You ever said to somebody, hey, watch your language on a field? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, no, I don't think I've uh, tried to parent anybody on the field. Uh, but sometimes, you know, if I feel a guy's, you know, not getting back to the huddle, that's really what I get uh, paranoid about is, you know, I got a play clock to operate with. I only got 40 seconds to call the play. So if you're going to go, you know, <laughs> chatter with a player and not get in the huddle, I can't call the play. That gives me less time at the line of scrimmage. So I, I scolded Dalvin one time last night for not getting in the huddle fast enough. <laughs> oh, but I could see that where somebody's going to say, I'm going to rip your bleeping head off. And then you say, hey, clean up the that's language. That's not nice. Yeah, that's not <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm sure that's going to go. Boy, that's great trash talking. What did he say to you? <laughs> he said, that's not nice. Yeah, you don't want to let him, uh, you know, see them get in your head at all. So you uh, you just say, you know, nothing or uh, or just kind of smile and wave. Uh, I know you got, uh, did you have your breakfast cereal today? You got your uh, cereal that you're... Uh, yeah, you're... yeah. I didn't have it this morning, but uh, it's been fun to uh, partner with hy V and, and have this uh, Cinnamon, M-I-N-N for Minnesota, Cinnamon Snaps nice. um, that we're uh, selling in hy V's right now for, uh, for a limited time during the season. And all the uh, sales, you know, the proceeds will go to uh, you know, the Boys and Girls Club here in, in the Twin Cities. So it's um, a great partnership. 
Great to talk to you, Kirk. Congratulations, and we appreciate your time. Hope the family's well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good to catch up. Blessings to you guys. That's Kirk D. Cousins winning for the first time in 10 career Monday night starts as the Vikings prevail over the Bears. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We'll talk to Adrian Wojnarowski, set to join us on loan from ESPN. Senior NBA insider, part of ESPN's exclusive NBA draft coverage this uh, Wednesday, starting at 7.30 Eastern. Woj also hosting a new three-part narrative podcast series called The Giannis Draft on the events leading up to the 2013 NBA Draft, available everywhere podcasts are streamed and downloaded. And Woj joining us now. Woj, let me start there. Did mm-hmm. did the Bucks do enough yesterday to keep Giannis long-term? I, I don't know, Dan, if that question has been answered yet, but they certainly um, made that team better. And that was uh, a directive from ownership, from Giannis. They, they knew they weren't good enough. Uh, they've been a very, very good regular season team. Uh, they have not shown they, they've been built for the playoffs. They, they, those are two impactful players in Drew Holiday and Bogdanovich. Uh, I, I would say this about Giannis. Players come to this crossroad about staying or going, signing or leaving. And generally, in my experience, th- there are guys who are looking for reasons to leave, and there are guys who are looking for reasons to stay. And I believed all along Giannis has been a player who has been looking for reasons to stay. You look at his life. And uh, how just the I think the things that are important to him, loyalty is a big part of it, and feeling people did right by him. That's a theme throughout his entire life. So I, I there certainly was a lot of enthusiasm within the Bucks last night into t- this morning. Uh, they're excited not just that it makes the team better, but that they've given Giannis given Giannis reasons uh, to want to stay. Uh, I, I think there's a high confidence level that they put themselves in position, but he still has to sign that contract. So this podcast is called the uh, Giannis Draft. It's based on the events leading up to the 2013 NBA Draft. When I go back, I'm still shocked that the Dallas Mavericks didn't end up with Giannis because Donnie Nelson is always so good at finding these players overseas. How did Milwaukee, did Milwaukee just stumble into Giannis? Milwaukee did not stumble into them. They had scouted him extensively. John Hammond, Jeff Waltman, who was their front office at the time, went to see him. They were at 15. The team that had essentially shut down the draft process uh, with his agent, Alex Saratsis, was Atlanta. And they had picks going into the draft. They ended up with 16 and 17. They had brought him in for a visit. They snuck him into Atlanta right before he went to New York for the draft. But Milwaukee was a spot ahead of them. But Dallas is interesting because Donnie Nelson has such a history with international players going back to Dirk and the Lithuanian national team. And obviously, driving force and bringing Doncic to Dallas, he loved Giannis. In fact, Mike Procopio, who's in the podcast, was in that room, their draft room that night. He remembers Donnie Nelson comparing Giannis. He reminded him of Dr. J. That was the name he used in the draft room that night. But... At the time, Mark Cuban and the organization, they were determined to get Dwight Howard in free agency. He was the big free agent. They were trying to create more cap space, and by moving down in the draft, they were able to create more space. And 
they're another team that in, in, in the Giannis draft and the story, you know, lives with the regret of, of passing on, you know, a generational player in what was one of the worst drafts in recent history. Remember, Anthony Bennett went number one yeah. in that draft. Oh, boy. Uh, I saw a tweet this morning, and it says that Harden wants the Nets, but Kyrie doesn't want James Harden. Separate fact from fiction here. First of all, is Harden actively trying to get out of Houston, and is Brooklyn the only destination, if that's true? Harden is actively trying to get out of Houston to go to Brooklyn. His focus right now is on one team. That's the Nets. Uh, That's not my reporting, certainly, on the Kyrie piece. Uh, I don't have information that he's not on board with this. I certainly know Kevin Durant is very enthusiastic about it. Uh, The two teams have been in contact, Brooklyn and Houston, but I'm told there hasn't been any real substantive talk um, about a trade. Remember, the Rockets, because Harden has two years left on his deal, they have some time on their side. They don't have to rush into anything uh, different than the Anthony Davis situation in New Orleans when he was in the final year of his contract when he was able to ultimately push the trade to the Lakers. How does this work in Brooklyn? Well, I think the question, there's there's two questions here. How hell-bent is Harden on getting there? Will he, it's easy when you're in the offseason, you're not in training camp, you're not playing games, to live with this hanging over you. It's different when your players come to work every day. You saw that in Minnesota with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy made it hard for everybody to exist. It couldn't go on forever like that. I don't know that that's how James will approach this. Those are different personalities, different people. But also from Brooklyn, they don't have to have James Harden. And I think Sean Marks' track record as an executive, I don't I, I think he's always shown great restraint in doing deals. The idea of a, you know, the kind of deal the previous regime did for, with the Celtics with multiple picks and multiple pick swaps going out into infinity almost, uh, that's not his style. I think there, there is the potential for a restrained offer for Harden, but I don't imagine that the Nets are going to go at it, would go at it with desperation. They don't have to have them, but having them and the three of them, it's something you've got to look at. And I do think they're going to look at it and are looking at it. But there's a big difference between that and getting to a place where you have a deal. Yeah, I, if I'm the Rockets, I'm in no hurry right now. I don't know. What are they doing with Russell Westbrook? Well, they're more active in trying to seek out trades with Westbrook uh, they're different players, and there's different values on them around the league right now. Um, you know, Westbrook right now, I'm not aware of any traction anywhere on a possible deal. I think it's very likely that both Westbrook and Harden are back, uh, are still on the roster, certainly, for the start of training camp in early December. We're talking to Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN Senior NBA Insider. Part of the draft coming up also has a new three-part narrative podcast series called The Giannis Draft, the events leading up to the 2013 NBA Draft. Give me what the Lakers are doing right now. Well, they're certainly uh, excited they were able to land Dennis Schroeder in a deal. They're waiting to see what happens with Rajon Rondo. I think there's a market for him where he can make more money potentially in free agency than is available for him um, with the Lakers 
And, you know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is going to be an interesting one. Uh, they'll want to keep him. I think he's looking for a payday with them. And I think with Anthony Davis, it is just a matter of how long of an extension or a new deal is he going to do with the Lakers? Does he get on the same contract time frame in a, in a, in a short deal with LeBron, or does he go and extend uh, longer than that? But, but obviously, Davis will be back with L.A. Chris Paul deal, um, you know, I, I know he wins. I know he's at a stage in his career of Milwaukee, I always felt was going to be a better landing spot. I thought, you know, to win a championship maybe, but Phoenix almost felt like a lifestyle uh, situation as well. Give me the logic with Phoenix bringing in Chris Paul. This is an organization that needs credibility. They've needed leadership. I think they they really answered, they really started to fill that leadership credibility void by hiring Monty Williams last year. You saw the impact Williams had mm-hmm. on that team. That's an organization I think we've lost Woj. That's probably that uh, is an organization. Yes, it is technically right. Maybe he's getting another call. Ooh, very possible. Mm-hmm. Yes, McLovin. Maybe it's a Brooklyn area code came in. And he just had to <laughs> drop it immediately. Wouldn't it be great if he didn't even say "hold on"? He just goes boop. And well, just... remember when we had Brian Cashman on the Yankees GM, and I said, "What if George Steinbrenner calls?" He goes, "Oh, I hang up on you." Like there was not even any. I don't even know if he says goodbye. I just think it's basically. Oh, I'm I, I'm so take that other call there, but uh, Fritzy working on getting uh, Woj back there. Yeah, the Chris Paul situation. You know, Phoenix probably looked at what they did in the bubble, where they went eight and zero, and went, you know, we we can compete with all of these teams. And then you bring in Chris Paul. All right, I mean, he wins, but you know, what is he thirty four, thirty five? Woj, you were just just on the uh, the precipice of telling something really important yeah, about Phoenix. I tried to send the other call to voicemail, and I hung you up. Dan. I apologize. <laughs> that wasn't a Brooklyn. I, I, I should know how to work a phone by now. <laughs> that wasn't a Brooklyn area code calling, right? No, that was okay. a Midwestern. I'll leave it at that. Midwestern. Okay. okay, yeah, we don't take those phone calls. Nobody wants to hear <laughs> from Indiana. Um, <laughs> so, Chris Paul, they think this is legitimate here with what they can do, you know, yeah, yeah right like, this is an organization. Yeah, they need to get in the playoffs. They have been so bad for so long and rudderless. And to have someone like Chris Paul for Devin Booker, for DeAndre Ayton, those are players who have been a part of a lot of dysfunction there previous to Monty Williams' arrival and losing and bad habits that come from that. Chris Paul brings just a competitive spirit, a leadership, and listen, he's still playing at a very high level at 35 years old, given that he's got a couple years left on the deal, the fact that Robert Sarver is going to pay that contract, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's unique to Phoenix. That's just, they need to get in the playoffs. They need to show that they're a real NBA organization again. It's a great NBA market. It's got great history in Phoenix, a great fan base, and they deserve better than what they've had for a very long time under Sarver. I think this, for them, was a step they absolutely had to make. I thought it was a great deal for them. I must be in the minority here, but I am sounding the bugle of what about Golden State as a title contender? And it just feels like when we talk about the West, Golden State doesn't is not in the picture. What am I missing here, Woj? Well, I think just the fact that they were out of sight and out of mind for a year and Durant left and but you come back and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and certainly Draymond and uh, Andrew Wiggins, who you kind of forget 
was traded there just prior to the season shutting down, and they're going to have a chance at the top of the draft here uh, to get uh, you know one of the elite players in this draft, and that's going to be somebody either they're going to keep and try to develop, or maybe if they don't use that player in a trade on draft night, later on that big player starts banging the drum to get out of somewhere, and that pick the Warriors make ends up in a larger deal down the road. But, uh, yeah, listen, this Warrior team is still going to be very formidable in the West. Like that, they're, they're not going away. Do you have an idea of who that name who would want to get out of a place to end up at Golden State is, Woj? No, but listen, I think the whole league is going to wait and see what happens with Bradley Beal. He has made it very clear. He is uh, – right now he is in Washington – uh, that he is committed to staying there. He signed a short deal last year. But they've got to continue to improve in Washington. They've got to show him that there's a pathway to being uh, a contender in the East again. But Beal is the one everyone's watching. I give Tommy Shepard and Ted Leonsis a lot of credit in Washington. A year ago, uh, when, when uh, Shepard took over, you would have thought Beal was on the way out. And he has shown him... Um, a lot of promise with trying to piece together uh, that organization again. And so Beal has been very loyal. Uh, He wants it to work in Washington. Uh, So right now he's not available. He has told them, I'm, I want to, I want to be here now, but that's still going to be addressed over the long term. Every team in the league uh, would love for badly Beal to be out on the trade market, but, but that's not the case now. What's the wildest rumor you've heard in the last week or so? Oh, None, Kai, uh, none come to mind. I, none, none that are. I, I think what is going to be really interesting, Dan, though, is the financial impact of this pandemic and the loss of revenue around the league. How many teams out there, how many owners are really going to be willing to spend and, and really push it financially here in the short term? You know, we talked about last season being the asterisk season. Yeah. I wonder about this year with the pandemic and the potential of, of the virus costing teams games, just like happens in baseball or players being out. We took for granted in the bubble, everyone was going to stay healthy. Um, how many teams actually play 72 regular season games this year? How many key players are missing in those? And you're playing without fans and all those things. This is the year more than that bubble championship where things could get a little out of whack. And as teams are, again, putting together their payrolls and teams, there are a lot of teams suffering financially in this who you just may see be less than competitive, less than aggressive uh, in free agency and around the draft. Owners like Steve Ballmer, the Lakers make a lot of money with that local TV deal. That doesn't go away with no fans in the arena. How does it impact all these teams as they put rosters together and, and try to win this title? Woj, good luck with the podcast and, of course, the NBA draft tomorrow night. We appreciate your time as always. Thanks for having me as always, Dan. Good to be with you. It's Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN Senior NBA Insider. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.